In a world full of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. It would mean a lot if you would do this, uh, not only for everyone that's suffering from leukemia and lymphoma, but my wife's grandmother died of lymphoma. And so we'll definitely be participating in this, and we hope to see you participating as well on June 13th. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? And podcasting in the park is back. So if you hear like outside noises like birds or bells, it's me back, going back to my usual self. I was going to say, or uh, old this, self. This, this feels somewhat normal to podcast with you. <laughs> While you're outside, this is this is just back back to business here. It's a good way to save our hor- like the fact that this is horrible podcasting, and I should have my <laughs> computer being like with some data in front of me. But you know, well, life. This is great. I love it. Uh, another thing I love is that the NBA really does feel like it's going to come back. There, there's going to be a board yeah. of governors meeting this Friday, where essentially. Uh, they're going to decide how. And so it it seems like it will be in Walt Disney World. So the GMs were sent a survey by Adam Silver. uh, I think it was on Friday. And uh, Sham Sharani of The Athletic got a hold of that survey and then wrote an article. So if you haven't read this, it's very much worth your time. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can still get a free trial. And I would go subscribe. uh, Theathletic.com slash down to dunk and you can get uh, a free trial so make sure you go read it because it's if you're an nba fan and you're very interested in the the return of the nba this is just a a ton of information that you just can't get anywhere else so make sure you check that out so i'm very interested to see you know what the format is so there's the advance directly to the playoffs which is something that they this is the list of things they would vote on uh, in the 16 teams report, four rounds, best of seven, you get the full playoff experience, which I think feels c- kind of likely, you know, to me. And I, it seems like the best solution for this. Uh, I don't think all 30 teams reporting is super smart to do. 
but again, this is if they if they want to earn the maximum amount of money, they'll have everybody report. If they want to just recoup as much that that seems safe, I think that they'll do this. Uh, there's the playoff plus option, which is expanding the number of teams with the opportunity to play either through holding a play-in tournament to determine the final seed to be played by the bubble teams or by replacing the first round of the playoffs with a group stage. Oh, uh, no. No, I, I, I absolutely don't want that. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, the Olympic uh, phase one is rubbish. Like it is in, like, in volleyball, whatever. I mean, group phase is just terrible because you have you probably have half of the games that really matter and the other half is just like calculating what results is best for you, which is like opposite to sport. So I'm fine with having like a bubble, um, but they should do it like an NCAA tournament. Like you're mm-hmm. either in or out. You can mm-hmm. play maybe more than one game, say best of three, but but that's it. And And this is probably a way to incorporate multiple teams like you maybe have uh i don't know 10 teams per conference which is not 30 but at least more than 16 and and having like games that really matter i don't know how good this is for a team that played for the entire season well almost the entire season got to the seventh seed and now they can have an injury and and their season is done but um but yeah i mean I think that the playoff plus is how they should go. The others are like, I don't know, harder, I think. Yeah. Or like the, the, you cut out too many, too many players, too many teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they talked about, there's another, the playoff plus would be, they would vote on how many teams it would be 18, 20, 22 or 24. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that would be very interesting to see how that worked. And then, you know, is that just a one and done for the playoff plus teams? I don't know how they, mm-hmm. I don't know how they determine that. Uh, and then they can vote on resuming the regular season with all thirty teams, resuming the regular season with thirty teams plus play, um, which would be like a, a tournament style. Um, and so, and then they talk about how many scrimmage games, how many total regular season games they should play. Uh, the format east versus west or if they should just reshuffle everything you know one through 16 or one through 20 or however they're going to do it uh so there's just a there's a lot in here and it's it's really worth your time to check out but with all of those things said it feels like we're heading toward a you know early to mid july return to play uh and Adam Silver has mentioned this many times, and this was this was like the big rebuttal for people that said, "I don't think NBA games are going to happen." Is you know what happens when somebody you know gets it, and you know they've made it pretty clear that we have to be comfortable with the idea of somebody getting it, and that somebody will get COVID nineteen um, in this in this system, and, it, and it'll happen. And so I think I think the players, for the most part, will take it seriously. While they're there, you're going to have your few guys that won't. But I think for the most part that, you know, these guys will take it seriously, especially the teams that, you know, like Milwaukee, Los Angeles, Clippers and Lakers, you know, even Houston and, and teams like that. I think they'll take it very seriously. I think the Thunder will take it very seriously for sure. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so hopefully that will there will be strong enough leadership to where you're not going to have you know groups of guys going out or doing anything stupid, you know, while they're there because they're not going to be contained. You know, they're not going to tell them you can't go anywhere. Like you have yeah. to stay here, but they're going to provide all the amenities they need if they would just stay there. So it yeah. it will be interesting. There will be there will be stories coming coming from this. I <laughs> promise you, yeah. there will there will be stories. Uh, but that's a uh, you know that's that's the news for now, and we'll continue to keep you guys updated with with what's going on, and uh, we will celebrate together as they announce and return to NBA basketball soon. Being quarantined with people, you uh, you learn a lot more about them, and some of that is how they smell. And if you are a man and you're looking to smell good, you've got to check out Hawthorne. I got some of their soap, body wash, deodorant, and lotion in the mail in a package, really a beautiful package. And it is great. It got this giant bar of soap that I've been using. It not only exfoliates, but it makes... Your, your skin just smell and feels so good. It's easily the best soap I've ever owned. And I've owned a lot of different soaps, but this is easily the best soap. And it's a great gift for Father's Day. So they've got cologne, they have soap, they have all kinds of body wash and lotion, and they have like hand cream and things like that that'll just make you smell great. And I think one challenge that, that men have is when you walk into a store, maybe you're going to find cologne, maybe you're going to find a good smelling soap, I don't know what I'm looking for, and I'm sure that you guys don't either. And so Hawthorne makes it super easy. You take a two-minute quiz when you get onto their website. That's hawthorne.co. When you go to their website, and you take the quiz, and it actually asks some like random questions and some questions specific to you, and it kind of spits out this algorithm that gives you your kind of soap and your cologne scent, which is really cool. And it is so helpful to me because I don't want to have to choose that. I really don't care about choosing what it is. But Hawthorne does it for you and it does it right. So, listeners, check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E dot C-O, not dot com, Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. And use the promo code down to dunk to get 10% off of your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. So this week, we are going over the five worst draft picks of the Sam Presti era. And again, there's not a, there's not a ton of draft picks, uh, but I was able to come up with more than five. <laughs> that yeah. I thought weren't, weren't very good. So, uh, McKelly, let's start. So last week, we started at number one, which I did just because I think that Westbrook is just clearly his best pick. Uh, but this this week it's kind of foggy who who you decide to choose. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and start with guys that are on the outside looking in for uh, for the worst picks. Yeah, so I have a pretty long list of guys in the bubble. Um, so between number five and I would say at least number nine on my list, which are uh, in no particular order. Mullins, Ferguson, Barry Jones, um, even Green and DJ White. Yeah, I think I think these are the players where either they are completely irrelevant, like 
DJ White. Yes, you have the pick number 29. I included just first round picks uh, in my analysis. Um, so at 29, you almost always end up with nothing. Mm-hmm. But he was really, really nothing. Like, uh, league-wide. I, I, I remember him just because I saw him play uh, here in Casale Monferrat in my place uh, in a summer tournament. Otherwise, I probably, I mean, you've probably either never heard of him, or if you're a really die-hard NBA fan, you know that he played like for the Thunder and then a few teams here and there, but he was never, never uh, in a regular rotation for a decent team. Um, Ferguson, you can argue that that was a bad pick just because he, he, he had other guys to pick. Perry Jones, I he was maybe the, the last of this list because I think he, he was worth the gamble. I mean, yeah. if if he pans out, then you are a super GM. If he doesn't, then probably again it was worth the risk. With Green, with Jeff Green, I I, I kind of don't want to put him there because he he put like a ten plus year career. But if you pick a guy with the, with the number five pick, like, don't you expect a little bit more than what he was? Yeah, you may so, you may hear from me a little later on this one. Okay, um, so we are not very far apart. But in the end, when I I, I had him fifth for a long time, yeah, and then I said to myself, well, but look at who was there in that draft. Yeah. Yes, there was Joaquin Noah. Yes, who was picked later, who made total sense for OKC, yeah. uh, for where they were, and blah blah blah. But then, if you go down the list, there are players that were kind of in that level of player, mm-hmm. and he had like surgeries, and so you say, I mean, yes, if you could go back, you probably pick Noah, but if you don't, then He's may, he may not be the next guy, but he's in the list of guys that you'll still consider for that pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can pick Marcus All, of course, but no one, no you one could have picked him. Like, no. so he's out of the question. He's clearly much, 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 much better than Noah than than Green and blah blah. Yeah. And so and and those are basically the, all the all stars for that draft that were drafted after number five. Mm-hmm. So yes, he didn't made a great pick, but with the heart surgery and blah blah blah, is it really a bad pick? I don't know. Yes. Yes, it's a bad pick. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. We'll we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. We'll get so, there. So number five to me was DJ White because in the end DJ White. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, Mullins to me was. I mean, 24, so just five spots higher. Uh-huh. And he had an NBA career for like at least two, three years. Mm-hmm. He was putting up starts for, yes, a horrible team, but still. And so in the end, DJ White, like number 29, and they got nothing, really nothing out mm-hmm. of him. Not even via trade. I mean, you can you can count this. Yes, Nazri Mohammed was something, but I mean, I don't know. It was probably a bad pick. And there were players like Chalmers, Mbamute, Dragic, Asik, Pekovic, DeAndre Jordan taken after him. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably you could have made that a better pick back then. Yeah. 
No, I think that's it's a good argument because there are a ton of players after that. I mean, DeAndre yeah. Jordan himself was a guy that was preseason a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I agree. That's There were a lot of guys you could have taken. You could have just taken Kyle Weaver with that pick and just claimed Kyle Weaver. But uh, instead, you took DJ White. Uh, okay. So who's your number five? Or my, number five my number five is Josh Eustis. Oh, okay. Uh, it, so because it's late in the draft, it's... It's it's tough to say like this is just such an awful awful pick, but there's a lot of late draft picks that were that weren't any good, <clears throat> and you know like the list of players that he could have had at that spot, and this is why this is to me why you can you can pretty much name anybody in the second round because Josh Eustis wasn't in every mock draft in the second round, <laughs> you know, I mean he was not in everybody's top one hundred. And it was just a weird experiment to do. I mean, Kyle Anderson, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jeremy Grant, Jokic, Dwight Powell. It's like, oh, you can't mention Jokic. Yes, you can mention Jokic in this one because he took a guy that was mocked in like the 50s. Of course you can mention Jokic. Yes, you can because Sam Presti was considering everybody. Serious question to you. Yeah. Do you think that Presti told one of his, like, scouts or whatever that well we picked the stanford guy and they actually picked the wrong one <laughs> that's possible because dwight powell was the stanford guy that was the right stanford guy i mean dwight powell on the thunder would have been great yeah he would have been very yeah, very good yeah so, yeah and wrong, so i mean there was stanford also guy. like spencer dean witty dean witty was a guy where you could take a flyer hmm. because he was injured but he was something already in college. And if you have the number 29 pick and you don't want that guy to be on your roster because that was an issue. You probably do the same thing uh, with him that happened with, with Eustace. Like you can stash him in the, in the G League or like whatever. You can yeah. wait to sign him. I mean, I don't know. That was a very bad pick. It was a, it was a very... He made my list. Yeah, it was, it was a bad pick. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, he's taking all sorts of payments. And all sorts of routes. I mean, if with anybody, if you want to get creative, like it's Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie, it's, it, the, his situation, I don't understand it. I don't understand all of the Bitcoin stuff. Like it's, I've heard someone say that either Spencer Dinwiddie understands Bitcoin better than anybody else in the world or understands it worse than anyone in the world. And I'm not sure that there's any in between on this. And I certainly don't know. I don't know what he's doing. When Sham Sharada tweets out the new update on his contract, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I sincerely don't know what he's doing. And yeah, it doesn't either. make any sense to me. And I don't so really even try from there. to pay in order to have a chance to say where he's going? I mean, fans yeah. probably care, but to what extent? Right. Like, if you, like, probably if if you are KD and there is a real chance that if you pay a sort of number, then he stays in OKC. I probably I, I can see that being being a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, with all due respect, Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> like, you can replace Spencer Dinwiddie with probably. At least twenty-five guys in the NBA. 
Yeah, oh, he, he maybe he's a good player. I mean, Spencer Dewey is a good, a good player. player. I mean, I, I said twenty-five. I didn't say like a yeah. hundred players. Yeah, it means that he's top twenty-five in his role. Yeah. I so, mean, also, it's funny. Like, what if what if they were like, we want you to go play for the Lakers, and the Lakers were like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> like, what do <are> you like? <laughs> it's it's just a weirdo. He is a weirdo. It's weird, but it's very but weird. I, but we really liked him after it, college, or at least I did. I don't. Yeah. Remember. Oh yeah. Precisely. Oh, he had a, he had the greatest mustache coming out of college. I would have yeah. loved to have him yeah. on the team. And he was yeah. a guy that was supposed to be a first round pick, had the ACL injury, and then got pushed back in the draft because yeah. of injury. Yeah. So the skill yeah. the skill level was already there. Everybody oh, yeah. knew, you know, what he's a big point guard that could do a lot of things, and then he got injured. And so he got yep. people got scared off. So yeah, Josh Eustis is number five for me. Uh, who's your number four player? Uh, Josh Eustis. Okay, he was so number four then. for me. Okay, uh, number four for me is campaign. Oh, okay, okay. Our list is very different. Yeah, but yes. I can, our our lists are very different. So number four campaign for let's, me. Let's make the case for pain for campaign a little bit later, please. <laughs> Because I have him much higher. Okay. Yeah, yeah we can wait on campaign. Uh, number three, I have Mitch McGarry. Okay. Let's make... Uh, I have him on, on my list a little bit higher. Okay. It's, uh, it's number two on my list. Okay. So, Mitch McGarry is number three for so many reasons. I mean, one, come on. <laughs> this is Mitch McGarry. Like the dude is a goof, and I don't know how he got through a conversation or or the interview with Sam Presti, and Sam comes away thinking, "Yep, that's the guy." How? How? How did that happen? I want to. I would love to know how that conversation went because I, I mean, the dude did interviews in college saying that he lied. Like these his. They asked if he had any regrets or like what he would do differently with in regards to like his marijuana, you know, trouble that he had at, at Michigan. And he said, Don't get caught. He said it on tape. Don't get caught. Smart. And like I'm not saying that like smoking marijuana is like the worst thing in the world, but the character no, but within that a, he operates yeah. within all of that, the don't get caught stuff is like Yep, that's what's bad. <laughs> that's what's so dumb. And that I mean, he, he has tremendous talent. I mean, he displayed yeah. that while he was in OKC. I mean, the dude could really rebound. He could pass. He could even dribble at his size. He could do it all. Like great player. Yeah. Like if he, yeah. if you just gave him a different brain, he's still on this team today. Oh yeah, they don't draft Sabonis if McGarry no. is the player that. Mitch McGarry is is Sabonis. Yeah. If you gave if you if you swap their brains, Sabonis is gone, oh, yeah. and McGarry oh, yeah. is here, and he's maybe an all star for the Pacers. Oh, oh, you mean Sabonis like like McGarry with Sabonis brain? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> would be probably like top five in this role. Yeah. Because like the fluidity and even the athleticism. I mean, I think he's a better he was a better athlete than than Domas. Yeah. Who's more explosive. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, um, I remember when I understood that probably like McGarry wasn't going to make it uh, in the league were two tweets. The first one 
like the second he signed the contract, he posted a mellow-like, uh, a lamello-like picture of his car, like a very super fancy car, like your yeah. first tweet as an Oklahoma City Thunder member. So, yeah, okay. And then the second one, I remember Darnell Mayberry making a comment on his filet mignon being overcooked, and he said, "That's the way I like it." So. <laughs> <laughs> By these two tweets only, the fact that you eat the filet mignon like it is basically uh, the bottom part of your shoes and or the, <laughs> the Grand Cherokee pic, uh, picture, yeah, probably not the guy. Uh, yeah. I wonder if OKC really shifted from that kind of weirdo player because even campaign at his own weirdness. Mm-hmm. And since then, OKC really pivoted to guys with a certain pedigree and certain like behavior. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but yeah, he was pretty bad. And also there were a ton of guys like that you could have picked that made sense at the time. I remember wrapping my, like, I, I, I didn't understand why they didn't pick Rodney Hood. Yeah. It make, it makes sense to this day. I mean, you have a guy that is a six, eight R guard that can really shoot it can space the floor yes he's probably not a great defender but he's not useless mm-hmm. yes he has short arms and whatever and he's there why don't you just pick him and then you can pick whoever i don't know uh a guy like probably dwight powell to play the mcgarry role just yeah. imagine if you have dwight powell and rodney hood instead of eustace and mcgarry oh yeah I mean, you could even there's there's lots you that's why this strat that's why this was so bad is that you can mix and match guys here. You could do Clint Capella and yeah. Kyle Anderson. You could do, you know, there's just a, there's a lot here. You could Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich was there at 27. Well, yes, but he he, I remember uh, being well, I was very high on Bogdan Bogdanovich, but there was a yeah. distinct possibility that. He didn't want to come to the to the NBA, and he did just because of this. Like there are like guys who still say, "Yeah, he's in the NBA because of Vlade." Yeah, that's and so I don't know that thing. I really don't know because he didn't go to Phoenix when he was drafted. He really waited like yeah. a couple of years. Then he was traded to Sacramento, and then boom, he's in the NBA. I'm not saying that that with a hundred percent trust, mm-hmm. but there were rumors that. Yeah, you can pick him, but he will never come to the NBA. And mm-hmm. uh, it was similar with Abrines, but not the same. And if it's a second round pick, like 35, 36, yeah, maybe you do it. With Bogdan- with Bogdanovic, it was like a real possibility that yeah. if he wins like a couple of more Euro leagues or whatever, he stays there and he never plays a game in, in the NBA. But yeah, I mean, take a flyer. You have two picks. You have problem to stash the guy. Just just pick a guy that doesn't want to come right over. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I and think so, Sam could have convinced him to come. Listen, you come play with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, yeah. and you can start. Like we'll start you. We'll start you with those guys. Because he was yeah. old enough to come over and start with those guys. And the dude, oh, he's, 20, just, he's twenty-eight yeah. now. So he's four years older than than Russ. Nineteen ninety-two, I think. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's the, it. It was just really bad. I mean, you were. <laughs> So at some point, like you're throwing throwing darts here at the end of the first round, and it's hard to nitpick this. But if you're throwing darts, 
odds are you're going to land on like a good player. Rodney Hood, Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Kyle Anderson, you know, Joe Harris. Or just pick Jeremy Grant. Why don't you pick Jeremy Grant that you really like in the process? Yep. It was clear. I mean, clearly, because if you if you then trade for a guy that prove that proves nothing in mm-hmm. his first two years in the league, it means that you really liked him during the draft process. Yep. I mean, it's just the contract situation. I mean, probably, but if you like it that much, then do other moves to make it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, Grant was there, and I remember saying to myself like this could be a good pick for OKC because he can play the three clearly I was wrong and the NBA really changed fast but still you have a role athlete with a good pedigree and and it's there (laughs) you just have to make the pick and instead they 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 had to make another deal and and to 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 use an extra draft pick Mm -hmm. to choose him Mm -hmm. well worth it okay but still an extra one Yep. Yeah, it was bad. Both picks very, very bad. And and in a year where you're you're going for it. And if you can add yeah. it, let's say you just whiff on one of them. And in two thousand fourteen you add Clint Capella coming off the bench, or Rodney Hood coming off the bench, or Kyle Anderson, or Joe Harris, or Spencer Dinwiddie or Jeremy Grant or Nikola Jokic or Dwight Powell, you know, Jordan Clarkson. There's all these guys in this draft that you could have yeah. taken. Because, and like I said, with Houston there, I'm sorry, like a lot of people are like, well, he's not really within the range. Josh Houston wasn't within the range. That wasn't a thing, guys. So you could have taken anybody. And you just you you threw you threw the wrong you threw the dart and the just out the window like you're not even throwing yeah. it at the dartboard you're throwing it at the yeah. ceiling, and like hoping yeah. that there just happened to be a target on the ceiling. Sorry, there wasn't a target on the ceiling, Sam. It wasn't there. Okay, so that one yeah. was was those two. You kind of have to tandem those two. Um, okay, so your number. Where I'm at my number two now. So I've got Houston, Campaign, McGarry. Who's who? Do you have uh, you have McGarry at number two? And who have I not mentioned that's uh, on your list? Um, I have number three, which is probably your number one. Who is Cole Aldrich? Cole is on my bubble. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Then, then, then I I really miss someone, probably because no, I, we, we've already talked about him. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, so, a brief case for Cole Aldridge. Uh, it's basically just, you pick in the lottery, and you didn't get a player. Yeah. Um, it was a throw-in for the Harden trade. You re- it really didn't... It wasn't on, on your plans for the future or whatever. And there were a ton of guys, including the pick that you trade for it. Like, just pick Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bledsoe was completely a completely fine player to have, and so I really, I I knew, I I know now that back then they really needed a center, they wanted the center, and blah blah blah. Yes, fine, but still missing on a borderline top ten pick, it's it's a huge miss, and so to me, even if it was like justified, and there weren't like 
Marquis guys after him. Like it was just Bledsoe who was uh, like an all-star level player. Mm-hmm. But there were many good players like Bradley, Tupac, Ed Davis, Lance Stephenson, Bielica, Gravis Baskets. So you had players. I mean, clearly it wasn't a great draft. Yeah. Because you didn't have like many guys there. But still, you made the wrong one. And in the end, you basically didn't use that big at all because it was probably just a salary filler for the hardened trade. I don't expect that to to have any value in the trade. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I mean, you you really didn't get back anything in, in a span of two years. Yeah. And so, I don't know. The, the reason why I didn't put him as my number one or number two, it's because he had a sort of a career in the league. Yeah, he did. And so, and that, that has value, not for PC, <coughs> but in general. Yeah, I, I have him just on the bubble just because there's just a clear drop off after 10. Yeah. You no, know, in this draft. John Wall, like, here's like the good players right before him. And all, if any of these guys were available, he'd be, this would be number one. You know, John Wall, Derek Favors, DeMarcus Cousins, Greg Monroe, Al Farouk Aminu, Gordon Hayward, Paul George. If yeah. any of those guys were available, I don't care who it is, even if it's Al Farouk Aminu, you know, if Al Farouk Aminu went 12, I would say this is a bad, bad pick. Because Aminu would have been really, really helpful to that version of the Thunder. Really any version of the Thunder. Uh, but he wasn't available. Like the guys, Xavier Henry, Ed Davis, Tupat, Larry Sanders, Luke Babbitt, Kevin Serafin. You know, those are the next guys right after him. And then Bledsoe and Bradley, which you could have had anyways. You know, maybe like the the bad part about that is like not that you didn't take Eric Bledsoe at 11, but it was bad that you traded Eric Bledsoe at 18. You know, like that was not great, and I've I've heard <clears throat> that they were going to if they were going to keep that pick because that pick was sent to the Clippers for a first round for a first round pick, which they later used in the Kendrick Perkins deal. But if they were going to keep that, they were going to take Avery Bradley, and then we wouldn't have had all yeah. of our trade for Avery Bradley pods. You know, it would have just been he would have just Avery Bradley would have been on the team. So if you come away from that draft. Again, similar to the McGarry Houston draft, if you come away from that draft instead of with a first round pick and Cole Aldrich, which is like, yeah, it was it was exciting at at the time because Cole Aldrich was supposed to be a really good player and turned out to not be a good player. But you look back and you're like, eh, like that wasn't great. Uh, yeah. But if you come away from that draft with just with a, with Cole Aldrich and Avery Bradley, okay, good, that's good. You know, at least you yeah. hit on one of them. And even if you took Ed Davis and yeah. Avery Bradley, great. Yeah. Two role players. That's awesome. But still, I just think the level of player that you could have gotten at 11, I mean, if if you said like Ed Davis, Patrick Patterson, like lottery picks, because they were going to take a big. And like those are the other big, Larry Sanders. They were never going to yeah. take Larry Sanders. Although they did take McGarry, so maybe they would have taken Larry Sanders. Um but it was going to be Ed Davis or Patterson, and like that was, that was yeah, that's not like not a lottery anyway. selection. Like those are those are fine players. You know, Ed Davis has bounced around. Like how many teams has Ed Davis played for? I mean, yeah, in, in his yeah, ten years, I, he's played for probably eight teams. 
Yeah, it's a, it was uh, projected as a role player, and he ended up being a good role player. Yeah, yeah, he's, With Cole, he's fine. Probably have something like at least he had a better ceiling to start with. Yeah, and who do and at that point too, like if you take Ed Davis, is the is the future of the Thunder that different? No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. Uh, I don't know if if we let. I mean, if you start from the point where you have to take a big. Then I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you draft a guy like Eric Black, let's mm-hmm. I think that you might be in a better place. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't disagree that there's opportunity there. Uh, and that's why <clears throat> my number two, Terrence Ferguson. Oh, all right. This number was bad. Okay. If you're, again, if you're throwing darts, you're going to connect on a good player in this draft. I mean, there are a ton of yeah. good players in this draft. OG Ananobi. Did anybody know that OG Ananobi was going to be a good player? Did anybody know that? Yes. Yes. People that analyzed the yes. draft had him in the top five, Michele. Top four. I remember I mean, it's uh, crazy. someone ha- ha- having him in the top four. My the wife vendor. is in here shushing me because it's 7 a.m. here at my house. I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting too fired up about this pick. I mean, the players that could have been taken, OG Ananobi, number, it, it was obvious to everybody that was watching the draft. We had a giant draft party, and everybody in the room knew. Like, oh, my goodness, OG Ananobi has fallen to us. And there could have yeah. been a re- there's got to be a good reason why they didn't take him there's got to be but i don't the fact that they didn't get these medicals that could have been it that could have been it but i'm just but still take him anyways you're drafting in the 20s question yeah uh andrew may 2019 Mm -hmm. are you this down on ferg i was very high on him after last season yeah very high. Maybe wrong, like clearly wrong, if we yeah. analyze the results. But you see why they make the pick last year. We had an undrafted to sh- we had an undrafted rookie take his starting spot. Yeah. That is the bad thing. I mean that he should have and, had that spot locked down. If he was gonna yes, be I mean he if didn't. he's if he's in the class of the players that I'm about to name then he would have it locked down, and there'd be no question. There would have been no opportunity. I don't care what's going on outside of in you know. There's a lot of stuff that have affected Terrence Ferguson since his career started in the yeah. NBA, and I get that. I understand it. It would it would push a lot of people to not do your job well, and I get it. But still, the fact remains he has not done his job well. And yes. so, OG Ananobi, Jared Allen, Kyle Kuzma, Derek White, Josh Hart. Every single one of those guys would be starting for the Thunder on some level. Probably Jared Allen coming off the bench. Everybody else is playing. Uh, Terrence Ferguson plays, but the dude is often invisible when he's on the court on the offensive end. Defense, he's been good. He's been a good defender. That's wonderful. But if you're scared to shoot the ball, I I don't want you on my team. (laughs) I would rather have any of those other guys. And again... If it's it's a game of throwing darts at the at the end of the first round, I get it. It's luck. Some sometimes you're blind in what you're doing. 
you, you do all your research, but you just don't know who's going to work out. I get it. I totally get it. But there were lots and lots of guys to take that were good. Lots of them. And you missed. And everybody knew that... No, like Kyle Kuzma, I get it. I, nobody really thought Kyle Kuzma was that good. A lot of people thought that was a reach. I understand. You can even take him off the list. That's fine with me. Everybody knew Derek White was going to be good. Everybody knew yeah. Josh Hart was going to be a good role player. Everybody knew OG Ananobi yeah. was going to be good. Scared of his injuries, but everybody knew he was going to be good. He's just an injury risk. Worth the flyer, yes. And then Jared Allen. I mean, that was a that was a highly touted player. Yeah. And you took Terrence Ferguson, who was a, a highly touted player coming out of high school. I get it. Played a good role uh, when he was over in Australia. Uh, didn't shoot the ball well. But and so and you know Terrence Ferguson's career isn't over. It's not written exactly what's going to happen the rest of his career. So maybe this looks stupid for me at this point. Um, but still, there are other guys that you would much rather have and could have really helped. I mean, they could have come in and helped immediately. Yeah, and they took Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair it's fair. Uh, and. He made my bubble, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I was very hopeful, I mean, to start the season. And then mm-hmm. this happens. And I don't know how to judge this. Is yeah. this temporary? Is this, like, one season where he had, like, he struggled with a lot more than what we know? And if so, like, it's one year. If it's just this year. I know that we cannot say that this, but we have like a really bad year after one where I questioned myself: Is Anunobi better? Yeah, like at the end of last season, and so that's well, why Anunobi had the off the court issues last year when Ferguson did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So he had like a bad season. So who knows what kind of what what version of, of Ferguson we'll get next year? And that's why I'm I'm still hopeful to see. Like at least a role player, and if you get the role player at 21, he didn't great, but he didn't bad. Like it's it's the likeliest outcome to get a role player there. And if yeah. you, and if he ends up having an eight nine year uh, NBA career, which I think it's still very much in play, because with that athleticism and defensive abilities, you probably make it to the second contract. Yeah. And so if that is the case. It's basically the most likely expectation for a pick in the twenties. Yeah, I know that there were players. That there were lots probably... of good players. That's why. That's why. That's why it's up here. Like you can say, like yeah. a player in the twenties for just like a blanket statement. But like the twenties were different in this draft. The twenties yeah. were different. Yeah, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. And OG. So. OG last year, we said he had a bad year. He averaged seven points a game on 33% shooting from three. Yeah, which is my ass better. And, more, and more points. I mean, if Terrence Ferguson had that season this year, had that quote-unquote bad season this year, we'd be like, oh, this is good. He, he locks yeah. down the starting spot with those numbers. Yeah, I mean, he, he has it on lockdown. I mean, that's, that's more points than Terrence has ever averaged. And it's, and it's not a minutes thing. With Ferguson, because he yeah. gets he gets the minutes, he has the chance. There's not there aren't good wings on the Thunder. You can have you can if you're just yeah. 
decent, you lock it down. I mean, this year, his his bad season, four points on 29% shooting from three, 37% from the field. Yeah, uh, say no more. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's bad enough. Yeah, and that's probably the same the same argument I want to make for my number one pick. Okay, who's your who number one? Cam- it's campaign. I mean, with campaign, you you get like a lottery pick. You should get out a starter. You should get a starter out of it, and you get nothing. You really get nothing. Mm-hmm. You get a guy who speaks in third person and. <laughs> And who doesn't comply with the medicals uh, of the of the team, or at least this is what we what we had as a as a report, and it's basically out of the league. Mm-hmm. And and yes, you traded for you you made a trade, you got two good players that are not with the team anymore. Yeah. So, what's the value? I mean, you you get basically nothing, close to Cole Aldridge, but I mean it was easier. I think in that draft to, to, to do better because I remember campaign is projected as a lottery pick just because he has a promise. Like no one had him as lottery talent, just the thunder there. No, and there was, there was conversation I know, about, about him. Indiana. Was yeah. But just, I remember. Mm, y- yes. I remember the reports, but it was more about the promise than anything else. Mm-hmm. I remember Rasenny saying clearly, I mean, we have him, in the lottery because we know about the promise. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that there was like great talent after him. Yeah. Um, but Kelly Oubre made you sense. Taken? Yeah, Oubre, yeah, uh, it I, made sense on, on many levels. I mean, Durant was saying, take Kelly Oubre, you know. Yeah. I mean, even if you end up with Rozier, with Tyus Jones, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know. Delon Wright. Delon Wright. I mean, the the play there was do whatever you have to do to pick Devin Booker because it was perfect for what OKC needed. It was, I don't know if it was ever in place. Yeah, to that's, trade up for him. That's I can't I can't go there when people talk about the draft. I can't go there with you should have taken the guy that went before the, the no, pick no, no, that you had. No, no. Like I just I and a lot. I'm just saying this not not really to you because I know that you know this, but like. A lot of people put that in a tweet that I put out about the worst draft picks. Like, oh, it's clearly a campaign because of Devin Booker. Yeah, I, Devin I don't, Booker don't, wasn't part of the analysis for me. Right. Uh, I don't know that uh, you like could have gotten him. him. No, no, no. That's right. I mean, you you, you can never uh, be sure that you can get him. As much as I never put not picking Gary Harris uh, two spots ahead of Mitch McGarry because mm-hmm. it's clear that you can put put together 29 and 20, 21 to get 19. No, it's not clear. You, you never, you can never evaluate that. But even if you pick at 14, like there are players that made sense at the time. You had, you made a, like a weird pick in campaign and yeah. it was the wrong one. Mm-hmm. It's similar to McGarry, but to me, that was an, uh, like a lottery pick where you had a bad season, really a bad season, and you could get something out of it, and you didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. Is, the play was probably just pick. shut down Westbrook and Durant and be, and having like the worst season possible <laughs> and get a better pick. Yeah, but, I but mean, yeah, yes. With, 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 yeah. But with 14, I mean, if you pick Ubre, this is much better. For you. Yeah. Not, not incredibly different, but at least you have a starter or a good role player. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, why I have him at four is, does Kelly Oubre change the future of the Thunder if you take him? And it's like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> like He was really good this past year, but it's 2020 now. Like The history of the Thunder has already happened. Hey. Yeah. Oh, my son just busted in here because we're growing raspberries in our backyard, and he got like five of them this morning. Oh, that's great. So, uh, I, want, I want some. Uh, oh, they're, they're yeah, so you're good. right. But I don't think it's, it changes. Like, you mentioned Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Suppose that we have Derek White. Is Derek this White. any different? Yeah. Really? You have Derek White instead, More of, than, uh, instead of Ferg. If you have OG instead of Ferg, I think that it could potentially change the future of the Thunder. Okay. There's potential there. I'm not sure I agree. But yeah, but I understand what you say about Uber. It's yeah. just having Uber to me is close to like what you lost in Cameron Payne. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a guy like that or even like any player that could be remotely productive. I'll say this. I'll say it this way. Is there a player after Cameron Payne was selected that you would have played in the 2016 Western Conference Finals that could have possibly changed that series? Ah, uh, no. Yeah. No. To me, like that's like that's that's why he's a little bit lower for me. Because if you're okay. looking for that's that because that's that would have been the mark for me. Is is there a guy that would have played in the top eight on the 2016 Western Conference Finals? Thunder team to help you beat the Warriors because they were so close. I mean, you oh, were there is one. You were a player away. Out. Who is it? Oh, Richardson, but but was never in place. So he would have probably made a difference. Made a difference, but who, not who that are you? Person. Who are you saying? Uh, Richardson. The oh, one Josh Richardson. Take, Josh Richardson. Yes. Yeah. But but doesn't really it doesn't really count. Yeah. Or like Norman and Powell pro- or. Like yeah, guys that uh, yeah. are like way down there. I mean, if they would have selected Norman Powell or Josh Richardson oh, no, 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 in the lottery, it would have been like, no, oh my! It would have been very like even Houston esque. Like, what are yeah. the Thunder doing? No, which is which they is, are not in place. Yes, but it would have worked out for them. I mean, clearly, you take Montrez yeah. Harrell there. I mean, it's you, yeah, it works out for in the end. It works out for you. You look dumb on draft night, but in the end, it it works out for you. You'd rather look dumb on draft night and smart later. Than the other way around. Than the opposite. <laughs> yes, for sure. Or Larry Nance. I think Larry Nance could have yeah. played. Like Larry Nance is a good yeah. player. Like everybody forgets about yeah. Larry Nance because he's buried in Cleveland. But the dude, that's a that's a good NBA player. He's going to play in the league for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he will. Um, okay, my number one. This is, and I almost shocked myself because this is not in my head. Whenever I sat down to do this activity, was this is not who I thought was going to be number one. My number one is Jeff Green. Okay, so I mean Jeff Green is the ultimate tease to every franchise that he's ever been on because you know he goes you know Oklahoma City. Oh, look at the potential that he's got! Like the dude, and even to this day, you have guys like Desmond Mason who were like Jeff Green should have been our Draymond Green. Those two greens could not be any different. Like, this is lime green and hunter green. This isn't the same green. You can't say that he could have been that guy. These are very, very different shades of green. And it's because of the personality. Like, it's similar to McGarry. Not that he's uh, like Mitch McGarry at all. But the personality is the reason. Because the dude was never, ever, ever going to be a star. 
I don't care what you did with him. I don't, it was just never, ever going to happen. And mm-hmm. he has bounced around the league. He has never helped anybody win anything. And yeah. he's, he's a puts up number, like empty stats guy. Like he's a very much an empty stats guy. And that's who you chose at number five. And none of these other players that we've mentioned have been in the top 10, you know? So to me, Jeff Green, you, the pick was Joe Kim Noah. He was there. Yep. The dude was voted as a top five MVP candidate. So we're not even just talking an all-star. We're talking about a guy that was one of the best five players in the league yep. one season. And does yep. he change the trajectory he, of the Thunder is my question. I kept asking yep. when I looked at these guys, and I say definitively, yes, you don't make a trade yep. for Kendrick Perkins. You use that asset in another way. You know, you... And that asset was Jeff Green, but you also dealt a first-round pick. Maybe you do keep Eric Bledsoe or Avery Bradley then, because you're like, yeah, we have our we have our wing, our point guard, and our center of the future. Can and you ma- imagine? And then maybe you do something yeah. else with the Cole Aldridge pick. I mean, it changes everything. Yes. No, I I agree. I agree. And he um, was, and he knew. I mean, Sam had already links to Billy Donovan at this point. And yeah. knew those guys. Yeah. And so... No, it's fair. And, and also, Noah, people were begging Joachim Noah to come out in the, in the draft a year earlier, in which he, in 2006, and he would have gone number one if he would have come out of college after their first championship. Yeah. And that was the conversation. He decided to stay. He falls. There's character stuff. Yeah, I get it. But... Because you took guys that had, you know, odd character stuff later on. Like, I can't say that they wouldn't have taken him. They should, that, that should have been it. Yeah. Russ, Harden, Katie, Ibaka, and, and Noah. Yeah. I, you win the title with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you In 2012, do. you win it. You win it all because the dude could pass. He could. He could hit a mid-range shot. It took him forever to shoot it, but he could do it. He can make a tornado. Yes. Tornado shot. <laughs> yes, he can make a tornado shot. And yeah, he struggled with injuries and is you know now like on. If you use the what if as. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I. I mean, no, no. You go ahead. I was gonna. Yeah, I think what you're gonna say is good. Go ahead. No, I mean, if you use the, if you pick this guy. You make you change the future of the franchise as a method, and and, and it's good as as, as anyone uh, as any method because mine is just what do you expect versus what you got. Mm-hmm. Then clearly, when you pick at number five, you have the chance, and you had the chance in that very draft to pick an all star, and you didn't, mm-hmm. so you screw up big time. Uh, but in the end, I mean, the likelihood of picking like. It's Noah, or it doesn't change anything. Yeah. So it's I mean, Noah. Yeah, but but it would have been if you but, took Joachim Noah at five. Yeah. It would have it was it was not outrageous. He went nine, but it would not have been outrageous. I think yeah. people would have been like, "Oh wow, they got Kevin Durant and Joachim Noah in this draft." Yeah. I mean, think about the the legend of Sam Presti is is big, but if he did that, if you like, okay, I'm going to trade Ray Allen for Joachim Noah. Great trade. I'm gonna trade yeah. Ray Allen for Jeff Green. Bleh. Like that's that's gross. And and you don't and Sam never 
even really gets hit for this one at all because it, you get Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, bang, bang, bang. And you're going to have your misses. Yeah. I get it. You're going to have your misses. But to me, you know, Jeff Green and Kevin Durant, their skill sets were too o- much overlapping. And one of those guys just turned out to be an empty stats guy that didn't help anybody. I mean, Utah cut him this year. They said, yeah. we would rather you just not be on the team. That's and not that you, yeah. you're not going to play, but we just would rather you just not be here. They want you. Yeah. Want you go. Now that that you made the, the what if get the what if game, I have uh, a Back to the Future kind story. Okay. If you pick Noah in 2007, there's absolutely no guarantee that you pick Harden. So suppose that you you know that if you pick. You, you can pick again to an, to an, um, 2007 draft, but you don't know if you still have number four in 2008 and number three in 2009. Yeah. Would you still pick Noah or you say, well, I'm fine with having bad Jeff Green and I'll try to make things better at a different level? I guess my argument would be one that Russ was going to be available at many spots. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hardened. And then it's number two, hard. if you're picking seven instead of three, you get Steph Curry. <laughs> okay, you convince me. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you won the argument. You won the argument. I mean, it's it's it is wild, and yeah, I mean, the, it does change everything from there. But if you were able yeah, but to, it's, still, it's not a good reason to to not pick. No, I was just joking, but yeah. It, it it was the right move. Um, so that's my yeah. that's my top five. I'll I'll list mine out and then you can list yours out and then we'll we'll sign off. So uh, number five, Josh Hustis. Number four, Cameron Payne. Number three, Mitch McGarry. Number two, Terrence Ferguson. And number one for me is Jeff Green. Uh, my number five is DJ White. My number. Four is just uses. My number three is called Rich. My number two is Mitch McGarry. And then number one, campaign. Probably the way he dressed had me over. <laughs> <laughs> Dress oh, and talk. So good. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Make sure you follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barry. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. We appreciate you guys listening. If you have been listening throughout all the, the pandemic and through all the content we've been putting out, it would mean a lot to us if you'd leave us a, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, please make sure that you click on the Purple Podcast app, search Down to Dunk, leave us five-star review. That would be very, very helpful to us. Uh, I read all of the reviews. We had somebody write in that's a Timberwolves fan that listens to our show. Uh, that was that meant a lot to me to to be able to read that. So I, I thank you for that. Um, so please do that. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. We will have our trivia show Wednesday and the Fry Pod on Friday this week. So we're back back to normal. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs>